You're listening to Not Another Kinky Cast, where we discuss BDSM, power exchange, poly, kink, and all things not safe for work. I'm your host, Aoife Dio. And I'm Archangel. Welcome. Hi, everybody. It's your girl, Eeyore. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Not Another Kinky Cast. Is it Eeyore once again, or is it Bipolar Bay? Same difference. Same difference? <laughs> Same difference. Oh. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting to this semi-new life of non-stop meetings at work and, you know. Are you jumping ahead to the weekly catch-up? No, no. Feels like it. Oh, no, I got something else for the weekly catch-up. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start this episode <laughs> off like we do all others with a moment of gratitude. What are you gracious for, sir? I am always and ever grateful for my baby girl. And this week, I am grateful because she has proven to me that I am worthless in the supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) So so true. Like, daddy's not allowed to go in the supermarket anymore. Never. He's like a four-year-old. Oh, look at this. Oh, but we need this. Oh, I have to have it. And At least I resisted the muffins. You already bought the muffins. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he bought a case of muffins from BJ's talking about he resisted the muffins. No, those were purposeful. I mean, the the, the, the nice cinnamon bunt. Oh, my God. That That's not so a good. muffin. It's a bunt cake. And no, I don't you, care. It looked oh good. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I am gracious. It was a struggle to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> I am gracious for the... For the opportunity to say no to sir. Like, I don't get to tell sir no often. (laughs) But I really do enjoy it when I do get to say no. And I got to say no. Yes, you did. So I'm gracious for that this week. It was was hard because I'm really having an ER week, y'all. Everything sucks. Uh, Life is very dim. And... Uh, you know, bipolar shit sucks. And I was telling sir, and I'm really open with you guys, so I'll share. Since I've been on my new regimen of medicine, I have not had an episode of mania, which most people would probably think is really good. I'm most people. (laughs) But for me, I miss that shit. Like, I used to fly so high. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I would do really stupid shit. In flight, <laughs> but then I would I would crash into the granite cliff into, <laughs> and burst into flames. <laughs> I would crash really badly. And then I However, have to sweep you up. Okay, put you back together. Okay, that's that's what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> that's a part of being a daddy. That's I mean, yes. <laughs> but I um I've been struggling. I laugh, but it, it's been a real struggle this week. And I am just glad to be here and have my outlet. And I'm glad that you guys are listening to us talk about our shit and coming back. <laughs> like, you guys come back. I don't know what's wrong with you folk, but thank well, you. you. You know, like Sally Field said, they like us. 
they like us. They really, really like us. Anyway, for those of you that were born after the 60s. <laughs> I was born after the 60s. Were you? Uh, and weren't you born after the 60s too? But okay. Math is fundamental. Daddy likes to act like he was born after the 60s. I was. Nah, you were born in 69. 71. Mm. After the 60s. Barely making it. Barely. When 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 you select that little drop down on forms, it'd be like sixty five to seventy one. Mm. <laughs> so you're in the same you're in the same drop down. Anyway, how was your week, sir? Uh, my week it was good. So we finally got to christen the apartment. Not sex because we've already done that before, but we had a scene, and it was. Good. <laughs> yes. I hate when you do that. It never comes across like you think it does. I don't care. Like ever. You, you know me. What am I going to do? I don't know. I'm going to do me. Mm. Mm. Oh, and me. <laughs> and you. <laughs> <laughs> and how was your week, baby girl? My I'm week. not finished. Oh. See, you see there? You see how she do me? You see? You know I always got to tell a story. Oh, God. We love his story so much. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally, like I said, we finally got to Chris in the apartment. We had a nice, good scene. We had some dragon tail action, some uh, uh, some riding crop action, some vlogging action. It was great. How did you like the scene? I like when it was over. Yeah, because you know, I'm still on, on my my uh, stingy train. And my dragon tail, so. I and that, that new alligator paddle. I <laughs> got that bite, don't it? Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy I'm not it. a fan. Okay, you don't have to be a fan. I know. I'm not a fan of anything stingy, <laughs> so this obviously was not for me. <laughs> Some of it was for you. Okay. Not much, though. Okay. <laughs> How was your week, baby girl? My week was terrible i tell you just terrible and it, the worst part of my week was all the bad shit was literally in my head so i couldn't get away from it work was fine but i hated being there home was great but i didn't want to talk to anybody fucking i i did continue to work out but i've been doing this little documentary thing of my weight loss journey my journey to fitness and I did not tape anything I did not journal anything I did not do anything other than work out and then I ate like shit this weekend and it showed up on the scale today so whew, that was my week it was all shitty in my mind well so even though you said it was shitty in your mind I, st- I want to share something with you it says motivation versus discipline Motivations come from the natural human drive to achieve something. Motivation doesn't last forever, nor no matter how much you want something. It's a temporary effect created by the brain to boost you in the right direction. Discipline is the ability to continue pushing in the right direction when you no longer have motivation doing, doing it for you. Discipline is far more important than motivation and should never rely on motivation only. So... I just want to commend you on your discipline. Like you said, you know, through your EO moments, your bipolar base, you have been pushing, pushing, pushing. 
you know, even to the point where you're like, you know what? It's cold out. Let me modify my workout so I can still get my calories, you know, my workout in. Yo, I am very, very proud of you and, and seeing your growth and the discipline that you've been showing. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you very much. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, I feel seen. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. And with that, we'll... Transition into sex position of the week. <laughs> so, so, so what, you, what you got us doing this week? So this week is called the good X. Is there really such thing as a good X? I have a bunch of good X's. If this don't work out, I'm going to go back to one. God. Keep them on my line just in case this don't work out. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so basically, you're creating an X with your bodies. Um, so you sit on the bed facing each other with your legs forward. Lift your partner's right leg over your left leg and lift your right leg over their left. Come together so they can enter you. So you basically just scoot towards each other until your genitals are aligned and pop it in. <laughs> you basically are scissoring. Yeah, it's, it's like a scissor position. And it is uh, supposed to last longer because you can't thrust as fast in this position. It's more of a gyration than a thrust. And it's supposedly very intimate. I don't know how with your feet all in my face, but. Well, I, I guess if, if you might have a, a foot fetish, you could suck a toe or something. Look at you. <laughs> 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 so we will definitely post a picture on the Instagram. Well, I don't know. It'll probably get taken down on Instagram, but it'll be on the website. And in the description bar below will be a link to the position. In case you're visual like me and can't figure that shit out. Yes. And now we're on to our new segment. Your favorite new segment. <laughs> it's knock knock time. <laughs> oh my God. Are you ready? Yes. Knock knock. Who's there? Willis. Willis who? Willis dick fit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you find it funny. Ooh, listen, <laughs> <laughs> and you call and you call me corny. We have a guest this week, and sh- they find it funny as well. So, boom in your face. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we have a guest this week. I know y'all get tired of listening to just us, but um, this week we have a guest, a very special guest. Yes, and you guys probably know her from her podcast, Monogamish. Welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Just for the record, I did find the joke very funny. I have <laughs> lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. <laughs> See? Oh, my God. Another, is, 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 is it going to be that type of episode? What do you mean? Apparently. Apparently. See, she, she understands. <laughs> whatever, type it's gonna, whatever type you think it is, it's apparently what it's going to be. I know, I know. I love it. 
we're on a great track. <laughs> All right, so welcome to our podcast. What would you like to be referred to as? You can just call me Jen. You okay. know, my mother refers to me as many of my other siblings' names, but I, <laughs> I go by Jen. Yes. Jen, welcome. So, I, you know, Jen, I, I, I don't have any siblings. I have cousins. And when my grandmother used to call us, she would go from like the oldest to youngest and then just say child. Yeah. And listen, and if you did not answer from any of those names, you were going to be in trouble mm-hmm. because even though your name is not Damar, you better be answering to Damar because exactly. you are the one that I am calling. <laughs> How am I supposed to know? Couldn't tell you, but here we are. And then when they get to the end, you know who I'm talking to. You know which one. <laughs> uh, and to make matters worse, my mom is very cock-eyed. So oh, she stop. would be, <laughs> she'd be looking at my brother, cursing me out. And he's like, I didn't even do that. Well, I ain't talking to you, am I? He's like, but you're looking at me. <laughs> oh, no. For more, to hear more about her parents, listen to episode three. Yes. <laughs> so we oh, uh, start our guest off with the icebreaker so we can ease you into tonight's topic. Um, this will be okay. a game of would you rather. Are you familiar? Yeah, I- I've played this game once or twice, you know, <laughs> just a few times. <laughs> awesome. So we like to start off nice and easy. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> and get words rough. Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> and get rough. <laughs> would, okay. would you rather be the big spoon or little spoon? Um, Big spoon. Do I have to say why as well? If you want. If you want. Oh, yeah, um, because I don't want to be all hot. Like, you're going to be crowding me and shit. I don't want that. <laughs> Get off of me. Like, I'd rather I'd rather move when I'm done with you than mm-hmm. I'd be trying to push you off when I'm done with you. You know what I'm saying? Damn. And then you got some people. I scoot over. They scoot over. I'm not going to say any names, daddy. <laughs> I'm just saying No that. names or pointed looks here. Exactly. I didn't see anything. Exactly. So, okay. All right. No, no, no. Okay, all right. Then all right. I'll be the big spoon if you meet, leave me too soon. You know how it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll turn over and get on you. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have an OnlyFans account or do porn? Mm, OnlyFans, because porn just seems like a lot of work. At least with OnlyFans, I can like make like one super long clip and then like cut it up mm. and like dole that out to fans. You know, so like in one day I can do a couple of things and like, great, here, look at my feet. Mm-hmm. Look at me walking around in like underwear or something. I don't know. Whatever y'all look at on OnlyFans. I, <laughs> I personally, you know, I am a child of the Lord. And so OnlyFans is not for me. What about your Bible? Okay, what about Jesus? Well, you, you could go on OnlyFans reading Bible verses. I was about to say, if, I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, if Jesus read- had OnlyFans, he probably would have hooked it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, like for real. But uh yeah, definitely OnlyFans seems a bit easier for me. Porn just seems like a lot more work. I don't like that. Mm. So what is your favorite porn category then? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, is that a question? Because I can answer that too. Go ahead, answer it. <laughs> okay. So Right now, and this is a very specific to this moment in my life, just so everyone is aware of this. If you know me in real life, no, you don't. So (laughs) right now, I am reminding myself of what it was like 
in the college years before, you know, you really were getting hot and heavy with people. So it was a lot of like wet humping. So right now I'm into pussy jobs, which is pretty much just, you know, the, the dick sliding between the pussy lips mm-hmm. and thing, all that moisture and wetness. Ah, okay. And then like penetration cream pie for the orgasm. And that's it. Like, that's what I'm interested in right now. Of I'm course it could change. It. it could change any yeah. given day, but right now that's what's, that's, that's the, what's getting me off. That's what's getting you off. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So what's the next one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here thinking about pussy jobs now. Like, I right? I mean, they, they sound fantastic, right? I, <laughs> wet humping for the ages. Why exactly. not? Exactly. Let's see. Would you rather have bad sex every day or great sex once a month? Great sex once a month. Why would I waste my time on whack sex? Oh God, no. Ugh. Not much worse. Mm. Okay, he he chooses the other one. He's being so extra right now, but he wants the bad sex <laughs> Wait, every day. So you want bad sex every day? Sex every day? Every day? Bad sex every day? I'm just saying, you know, sometimes it's got to get in what you need. But you don't need bad sex. Who needs bad sex? Good, better, and different I don't sex. know, but... Just sex every day. Just sex every day. Qual- quantity over quality. Exactly. Okay. Hey, you know, I'm easy. Just not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> You're easy, but not cheap. Noted for the fans. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather catch your parents having sex or have your parents catch you having sex? So... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a story's coming. <laughs> I have had the latter happen, but it wasn't my parents. Oh it no, was my ex, my ex partner's parents, and I definitely flew off his penis and head like, right as soon as I saw that she was there. And was she watching? No, like she heard a noise. Okay, and she came because we were in the living room having a little. Ah. multiple partner situation because oh. of how the upstairs was where her bedroom was we couldn't do it upstairs because then she would have definitely heard then mm-hmm. but so we decided the living room made more sense because it was further away but when you got three girls and a guy Holy there's a lot of Batman. sounds there's a lot of sounds okay sound like and was- so she heard some sounds and she came downstairs <laughs> and then well, we've never spoken about it. And it's been 10 years, so I'm happy about that. So did y'all get some of the good ex action in? <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, we went back to having sex right after she went back upstairs. But I was like, that's your job. That's your mama. Solve that problem. I'm just going to be naked behind her couch. <laughs> <laughs> Not behind the couch. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so what did the that's other sad. people do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so... If I can set the scene yes, appropriately, please. there was one lady on the couch getting her pussy ate by another lady. Mm-hmm. I was being very athletic and taking dick standing up. Like, wow. You know, go me. Okay. Right? Y- younger me was like all about pretending to be flexible. I regret all <laughs> of this now. Old, older me's hips and knees are like, bitch, you were so fucking stupid. I can't stand you. <laughs> How but, tall are you for our so guests? I, I, how old was I? No, how I'm tall? How tall? Now. 
oh, I'm five four, and he was like, you know, like five ten, five eleven. So oh oh, oh so he had a stretch. You had a stretch. I mean, I was remember vaguely athletic at the time. I, I said it was vaguely athletic, <laughs> but so I was standing and then just kind of like you know bent over. So it's like you know tabletop exactly. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, legs straight, and so we were you know there was some penetration happening at that angle. So his back was to the entryway where his mother came out. <laughs> and so I just heard something like I'm also a princess in the pee in real life. Right. So any sound, any like weird feeling I can. Right. So I heard something and I just kind of like turned my head a little bit and she was just standing right there watching, you know, the whole like watching, thing, but seeing her right. bare ass cheeks. <laughs> and so I was just like, nope. <laughs> and I just like came off. I was like, nope. And so he's just standing there, dick wet, out there in the cold, like, you're dreaming. Go back to sleep. These aren't the robots you're looking said, for. <laughs> and she just listen, and she just said, okay. And she went back upstairs, and Yo, that was that. How, so, how do you Jedi mind trick your mother? Right. Does your mother really want to know what's really no. happening, even though she can see with her eyes? No. Nope. It's very easy. They never want to know. Uh-uh. Mm, mm, mm. No. And then bringing it up afterwards would just be like, so what were the other girls doing there? Like, what's ha- like, there are too many questions. <laughs> yeah. And parents generally don't want to know that. Right. <laughs> That's mm, true. Mm, mm. Very wow. true. You got some that's good hilarious. stories. That's hilarious. That's a really good story. That's the olden days. Modern time, this doesn't happen. Not only because I live alone in my own apartment. Okay? <laughs> it's not the only reason this doesn't happen, but just, you know, that was a different time, a different era. I was much younger than, you know, like I said, you know, f- pretending to be flexible, able to do all the things. It was, it was different. Please, let's move on from this topic before my ex's mother listens to this podcast and is like, you know, we've never spoken about this. We haven't. We probably should bring it up now 10 years later. All right. Would you rather send nudes to your boss or to your parents? Um, My boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get a raise. I don't know. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> That's funny, but true. <laughs> but if you don't get a raise, it's so offensive. Like, nigga, you seen me busting it wide open. Like, right. where is my right. money? <laughs> disrespectful. At that. Like, I thought he was offensive. It's disrespectful. Exactly. It's like, you got to see what people pay for. Right. I'm Do you saying, not get how you that, need a Chris Rock slap. That could be. <laughs> we aren't going there. That could be your advertisement to get him to your OnlyFans or them to your OnlyFans. Yeah. Listen, and that's okay. I have no problem dealing with that kind of situation at work because it's if you accept a nude from me and like you then use this for your position, like who's really going to get in trouble here? The manager Mm. or the employee? Because I'm not trying to threaten you. I'm just saying that if you disclose this to anyone else in the office, Mm -hmm. the questions will be raised as to what you did to encourage this kind of behavior. Definitely. And if this is a safe working environment for you, just saying. That isn't until they be like, hey, uh, I feel harassed. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'll be harassed first. If we're going to play a game, I I play it better than you. I can cry on command, baby. I can cry on command. Don't play with me. Mm, mm, mm. Cry for us. And lastly, (laughs) 
Would you rather date someone who likes BDSM or vanilla sex? BDSM all the way. Yay. <laughs> We're a fan. <laughs> 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 all right. So the voice you're listening to is Jen, the host of Monogamish Pod. And Jen, can you tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. I am Jen. Like she said, I host the Monogamish Pod. It's a podcast about non-monogamy and polyamory through a Black Caribbean lens. Sounds like a huge ass mouthful, right? <laughs> but pretty much, <laughs> I do interviews, talk about pop culture moments and non-monogamy and polyamory. And I have on like, quote unquote, famous polyamorous people. Ooh. Like I said, like famous is like not real because, <laughs> you know, but like I've had Kevin Patterson on and, you know, he's written a book, been on the Tamron Hall show, all those things like that. And I also have like average people. Like myself, because I'm an average person, <laughs> just talking about their experiences in non-monogamy and or polyamory, kink, just like, yeah. If it has to do with fucking and sucking, I'm probably going to talk about it on the podcast, just oh. being well, honest. Alrighty then. <laughs> or as we like to say, all things not safe for work. <laughs> uh, depending on where you are. All things. Depending on where you, you know, work. <laughs> exactly. If if you work at Scarlet's in Fort Lauderdale, I mean, is this NSFW <laughs> or is this appropriate for exactly. the workplace? Exactly. So today we will be talking about the common misconceptions that black and brown folk have about polyamory. So what do you think is one of the most popular misconception amongst our people? White people shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Polyamory is white people shit. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that that's a thing, right? People believe this. And I understand that part of this has come up from the fact that black and brown folks usually don't use the word polyamory or non-monogamy to describe their relating. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just, a, they're already doing it, but not calling it that. And so once certain words have definitions that are mainstream amongst our palm colored friends, <laughs> it tends to not be as accepted or understood mm -hmm. in the black and brown community is what I will say. That's true. Uh, I think that, um, you know, a lot of WPS come from misunderstanding and miscommunication because you have somebody, oh, we're just talking, <laughs> but I'm talking to four people, but they all know we're just talking. Like, the fuck mm -hmm. do you think that is? <laughs> Are you honest? It's is Is everybody aware? Okay. <laughs> Does this talking include dating and sexual activities? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, get that. Like, dating is inherently non-monogamous, right? You're usually not dating one person exclusively until you've dipped your toe in the water or you figured out you're compatible in certain mm -hmm. ways. I mean, look at reality dating shows. Yes, I could also talk about that all day. Like <laughs> the Bachelor franchise, you have one person dating 30 women yep. to ultimately get engaged to one of them in the end. After a week of fantasy suites, we were supposed to fuck all three of them mm -hmm. who are left in that round. Like, also, sorry for the cursing, y'all. If you have sensitive oh, ears, no, no, no. We, <laughs> we curse all the time. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I just, I always like to offer the disclaimer. Like if you, again, if you don't know me, you never listen to the pod. You're like, oh my God, she has a potty mouth. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> but 
that that is that is one thing I can say that happens a lot. And then because I'm Jamaican, you know, polyamory is not a term that's used very often. Right. Neither is non-monogamy. But you have Joe Grind, you have your side man, you have your side woman, you have men who say, I make too much money to only have one woman. Mm-hmm. So I have multiple women <laughs> and <laughs> I take care of them financially. And it's like, but isn't that just non-monogamy? Isn't that just what we're already talking about? Oh, and, and, and then white people something there. Okay, sir. <laughs> you you were married to this woman. Y'all have three kids. You also have kids with the next door neighbor and the woman two towns over. Okay. <laughs> right. And you and you okay, sure. We don't do non-monogamy here. <laughs> but you know, I think in, in that sense, it's more almost acceptable to be polyandrous as you know, as opposed to polyamory. But you know, hey. In a sense but i mean like they're not your wives and you know they're not your wives Mm -hmm. so it's just like it's already the same thing yeah it's just not a reciprocal arrangement right usually and i just say usually so it's a one penis policy that's usually how it presents especially in caribbean culture it's usually a one penis policy this man can have three girlfriends three whole families doing whatever he wants to do but let one of them let one of them have another man. Oh, Baba, she's broken my heart. She's she's a ruinous woman. She has destroyed my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I will. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there will be multiple penises and potentially pussies in said life. Yes, always, always. I will have everything I want. Thank you. <laughs> and it's funny because... I think another huge misconception is that the men coerce women into the lifestyle or that men get more out of the lifestyle that is primarily for the men having multiple women or wives or girlfriends. And, you know, where the women are supposed to just be okay with that and not date anyone else. I know that that's how my family looked at it when, I told them I was Polly and, you know, and they're like, oh, no, what did he do to you to make you be okay with Sharon? I'm like, what do you mean? What did he do? Blink if you're okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, well, why do you think this even comes about? Like, is it is it that much of a imbalance of women and men in polyamory or? Absolutely not. I think polyamory actually has way more women than they do men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and men get by in polyamory on the strength of their female partners. And cause I'm, I'm speaking specifically about, you know, heterosexual men or mm-hmm. men who present as heterosexual and heterosexual women. Right. Which again, get deeper <laughs> into the whole gender specifics of that, but we're not going to do that today. What I will say is that my experiences in non-monogamous communities and polyamorous communities, if you are going based off of how patriarchy defines relationships between men and women, of course, you'd believe a woman was coerced because a man is supposed to be the head of your household and make all your decisions. So, of course, this could never be something you you consensually want because we're taught that men are supposed to have agency over mm-hmm. the women, a.k.a. the weaker sex right. in their lives. So if you're looking at it from that patriarchal standpoint, especially like through a Christian lens, just, just throwing that out there. We're just being honest about that. Mm-hmm. If that's where you're coming from, of course, you think the man has forced women into this because he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to do all these things and you 
have chosen to do this thing you would never truly believe in to keep him in your life. Mm-hmm. But like Dick is also abundant. Like, is one <laughs> man really that good? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's never been that, right? I've known since I was about six or seven years old that I liked both men and women. At the time, that's the verbiage I was able to use for. I didn't know the word bisexual until a little bit later in life. Not like in real life, but like mm-hmm. from six or seven to like teenager. Right. <laughs> I knew the word bisexual. But I always knew I wanted a husband and a wife. Like that made sense to me. Why would I want just one? That's mm-hmm. lame. And I had the luxury of not being raised hung up on certain patriarchal ideals. Mm-hmm. Not to say that my family is not conservative in other ways, but... My mom is a single mom. She's never been like, well, a man's going to control your life. You have to defer to the man for anything (laughs) because absolutely not. (laughs) I don't do that. I don't do that. And I, the culture I grew up in, the family structure I grew up in was very much not traditional. Mm -hmm. I will say it that way. Not traditional because, you know, my dad's side of the family, there was someone, a family member who was married to someone I did not know. But they're, they spent all their time at their other partner's house, who they also had kids with. I will not say the direct you know, connections <laughs> lineage-wise, but it is a close family member closely related to me mm-hmm. that had that going on throughout my childhood. I didn't even meet that person's wife until they had passed away. Oh, wow. But I knew that they existed and that there were other kids involved and that I had other relatives <laughs> in that space. And so I think that just kind of made me realize like, oh, women can kind of decide this because, okay. I mean, if you didn't also, you know, boomers, right? Mm. (laughs) Like like being super Mm -hmm. honest, like boomers, silent generation people, it's a whole different experience for them where women weren't allowed to own their own bank accounts and things like that for a long period of time. So women were more likely to stay with men Mm -hmm. despite things not being ideal. But as we progress into modern times, I think that we can understand that there are a lot more things at play than we may have thought at the time. I watched TikTok today. A woman just talking about, yeah, my grandmother outlived three husbands. Think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Right. (laughs) That's crazy. It's unheard of back in the day. First of all, the lifespan wasn't that long. <laughs> yeah. This woman died in a cool 95 and had three husbands. Oh and my I'm just gosh. like, think about that. Women weren't allowed to have their own bank accounts. And I mean, let's talk about black women as well to like the 70s, mm-hmm. right? So how would she have had three husbands by the time she died? Right. One did husbands, one and two die. And people are always like, oh, I want like what our grandparents have. Y'all newfangled bitches always trying to get in this freaky white people shit, polyamory, whatever, whatever. I'm like, your grandmother what happened to your grandfather just ask her <laughs> ask her he left one day and never came back was she planning a new bed of roses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you touched on something you said that you believe there's more women in the polyamory lifestyle than men this is especially true if you only date people of color, like the pool is so fucking small. Why do you think so mm-hmm. many black men, do you think, I, I know that it's growing as, as people understand more about the love style lifestyle. Uh, there's more people involved in it and more people curious about it, but it is 
very imbalanced of the amount of black and brown women that it is to black and brown men. Why do you think that, like, the biggest issue there? Well, a high-value woman would never be shared amongst multiple men. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that's what they're thinking. That's really what they're thinking. I'm in several polyamorous groups on Facebook, and it's always one man with his wife and, like, his two queens trying to build mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, okay, I guess. What are we building? Are we building a house? I don't do manual labor. Like, what are <laughs> like, oh, you're looking for a nanny, someone to watch your children. Mm-hmm. So you, and you can take all my money while you do that. Absolutely not. I don't play those games. But I, I have seen that I think there, it's not that there are, okay, yes, there are always more women because you will also find in a lot of truly polyamorous communities, you'll find more queer women there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that there are not, you know, cis hetero women in polyamory, but in a lot of spaces that I am in mm-hmm. on purpose as a pansexual woman, I want to be where the queer people are at. Right. Yep. And so you will find a lot more queer women who are open to dating women and men. Mm-hmm. And that kind of allows for more flexibility in that space. And the men are just not as um, plentiful as the women and due to ideologies, perhaps. I mean, also, I think that another thing that happens, a lot of people who are exploring polyamory come into it after already having been married. Mm-hmm. That's a very common trend I see. So I'm one of the few, like, I've always been this way while single, never been married for people like in, in the situation. And so it's also trying to navigate those structures as well. Like what would you do if your best friends found out that you quote unquote, let your wife fuck some other nigga. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there, there's, a, I think there, there are men there. They're just not as public facing about it. And that that's what it is. And also, you know, a high value man should not be sharing himself with multiple women. Anyway, <laughs> you should not be doing that. So <laughs> I, I think there's a, there's a lot of nuance that I probably don't even have the full tea on as like a Jamaican person. That's, that's what I will say. Yeah. You know, one thing that I just hope that the, the people coming behind us understand that there are multiple relationship models, whether it's polyamory, polygamy, polyandry, whatever it is, you have the choice to make it, What's whatever's successful for you, you know, you don't have to stick with the, 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 the model of your parents and your grandparents. Mm-hmm. This is so many other models out there. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I think we're all wrapped up in this idea of what we're supposed to be doing. Right. And I mean, I fall victim to this all the time. We're raised with certain ideals in mind. Like there was a time I thought I'd be married by 25. I thought I'd be married. And like on my way to having children, to popping out tiny humans. Tiny Do I human. seem like a child bearer to you when you're meeting <laughs> me at 32? Like, absolutely not. Like, but it's also like the Disney ideal, right? We're caught up in that fantasy where it's like, we're supposed to be doing the house, the car, the 2.5 kids, the dog. I'm not a pet person. Don't judge me. I don't want pets in my house. So they'll be outside. But it's, it's that whole environment where it's been perpetuated in media, like TV, newspapers, movies, everything, that this is what we're supposed to want. And when you're in the church, it's a different kind of, this is what you're supposed to want. And I, so I feel a lot of people 
don't have the luxury of being able to challenge that binary that is their life. And the people that I know who have, who are still monogamous, they have really explored and opened up their relationships in different ways. So one thing I would say about polyamory, it really caused me to confront some shit in my own life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they said polyamory will break you. <laughs> like, if you're really, truly about that shit and you're practicing that shit, it will, it will crack you wide open. You will realize all those nasty habits you didn't know you had. You'll be unlearning all that toxic monogamous shit that you learned on TV. It'll be a very difficult yet rewarding experience because even if you decide not to be polyamorous that this is not who you are you've given yourself the tools to also kind of design the exact relationship that you want even monogamously mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. you know i think coming into bdsm in general that allowed me to create the life that i wanted outside of what people considered norm, you know, while people, yes, there are rules and regulations and, and that stuff within BDSM and, and, you know, our culture, but it allowed me to create what I wanted as opposed to what society said I should want, you know? And it's so funny because it's so different for me. My mom would tell you I've always been something of a rebel. And when I found BDSM, it was like I found my people. You know, these are the people that are okay with me coloring outside the lines and thinking outside of the box. And there's more than one of them. And guess what? They're black. You know, (laughs) so that was like huge for me because, you know, before, what, 10, 12 years ago, most people thought that it was WPS, you know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, being a, a quote unquote strong black woman, you know, you don't allow people to tell you what to do. You don't allow a motherfucker to hit you and you not hit back. You don't allow certain things. And I'm like, but I like all of that shit. And I like him, her, him, her, them, <laughs> and them. Like, so it was never right. I, I never came out as poly. I never came out as pansexual. I was just always authentically myself. And then I found people that were okay with it. You know what I mean? So like most people it is different, you know, they think they have to be the norm. I was never the norm. And then I found people that made me feel normal. And that in, and that's in BDSM and polyamory, you know, I don't, I don't know anyone in my family that's monogamous. Well, ethically monogamous. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's <laughs> that Because everyone, I mean, from my grandparents, you know, that I knew alive and, and, and knowing what kind of shit they were into, you know, it was never, ever one relationship that didn't have somebody stepping out on one side or the other, or if not both. And, you know, when I told them about polyamory, they were like, oh, you just want to be a freak. Oh, you just want to fuck and and be okay with, like, what are y'all doing? I just put a name to the shit. Like, you guys are cheating. Like, that shit is fucked up. Like, somebody's going to get hurt. I am giving people the choice. I'm not taking anyone's choice away. And I'm doing with you what you're doing, basically. <laughs> you know, but openly and actively caring about people's feelings and emotions and shit so what i'm doing is a lot harder 
<laughs> but, you know, you got the glitz and glory of doing what you think I'm doing. So, like, that's another thing, you know, people just thinking it's all for sex. Like, you just want to fuck everybody. First of all, they my partners. Yeah, I'm going to fuck them. <laughs> but we had to get to that point, you know. So, like, that's another big thing that people think that the that the um, the community is, is nasty or STD, STI-ridden. And I'm like, that couldn't be further from the truth. Most of the time, most of the time, if you're doing it right, you're protected. Or your other mm-hmm. partners know you're fluid bonded with someone. So, like, how do you get past that people looking at you like, oh, you're just a freak and, you know. Thank you. <laughs> so, so what, does that even bother you guys or is, is that even a thing in your lives? Um, it is a thing in my life, but it doesn't bother me. That's because I, I am a freak every day of every week, like Estelle said. <laughs> um, so I think that there is this need that a lot of people have to divest the sex from the polyamory. They're just like, oh, we're not like those other people. It's not just all about sex. It's mm-hmm. just about, you know, the love and the care. And I'm like, but for some people, it is about a heavy sexual component. And that also needs to be celebrated, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you were somebody who enjoys sex and enjoys physical intimacy in that way, why would you not want that to be a part of your partnerships? Right. Yep. And people are always looking at you like you're crazy. They're like, oh, well, you know, I can't, I could never, I could never be with someone who had sex with all those people. I was like, do you know how many people your partner slept with before you? Right. Like the real number, not the number they told you. <laughs> and even, if, even if you did, is that your business? That's, that's, it's their body. They can do whatever they want with it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you ask from people is that they do not put you at unnecessary risk. Yep. And what I say is that, you know, if you're fluid bond with more than one person, that is a significant risk because that person could be fluid bonded with someone else. We're going, we're going down the whole tract. Right. But I find that in non-monogamous relationships, generally not even just zeroing in on polyamory, testing rates are up. Like we're always testing. Mm-hmm. We're always talking about these things. We're always trying to figure out the safest ways to practice sex and physical intimacy among people. And I, I never have those issues. I mean, I'm sure I do, but like, I don't pay those people any mind because they're not my community. And I've been lucky enough to be able to brush that shit off. <laughs> I mean, younger me, 10, like 15 years ago, me, like, you know, 15, 16, 17, like figuring out myself and my life and stuff, you know, kissing multiple people was like the, a whorish thing to do. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> Being able to be okay in my skin and with my choices, and that's actually what they are. They're my choices of what to do with my body. If I am making these choices for myself, you do not get to judge me for how that comes across, Mm -hmm. right? Because it has nothing to do with you or your perception of me. I mean, people still think like I'm a very sweet heterosexual young girl. Okay. They do believe that. You're not? I don't know why. <laughs> right? So pe- people do still believe those things about me, but I'm just like, yeah, you know, I, I am very sweet. You know, not, not a prude, not heterosexual <laughs> at all. Probably like never have been. Also like never really been monogamous either, but that's a gray area. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've cosplayed at monogamy for significant portions of my life. <laughs> And I'm glad that I no longer have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. For a while, I thought I was like, you know, ambiamorous, where I could be polyamorous, where I could be monogamous. It's it's not true. 
I need, I need options. <laughs> I like that options. That's, that's like the, um, have you seen the meme going around? It's like some of you bitches out here really just have one boyfriend. What if he dies? <laughs> I mean, that's a real conversation. What if he dies? What would you do? Like, you know, you have a backup rough. plan, <laughs> you know, nothing. Next to the next. No. <laughs> <laughs> They need them good exes. No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't ex for a reason. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I mean, it's just not the right time. Yeah, you sometimes you grow and evolve. You never know. Exactly. Grow and evolve, okay. Maybe you wanted kids back then, now you don't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you touched on the OPP earlier. I found that it is much heavier in the black community than it is the white community. And it, it it's so mind boggling to me because you're like, okay, you can fuck other people, but not other men. Like, wh- what is the point of that? Like, would you ever, I, I've agreed to an OPP once and I would never, ever do that shit again. Like it was one of the dumbest things I have ever done in my life. And I've done some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think I, our men are so prone on the OPP? Not to say our men. No, our men, <laughs> black and brown men. It is significantly higher in our community mm-hmm. than it is the white community. Okay. Um, ownership, possessiveness, um, the idea that it reflects on you in some way if you don't have a handle, quote unquote, on your woman. Um, the idea that your woman is soiled or diminished in some way, if you are not the only person to do this, it's why a lot of men have virginity kinks. Right. And I say Mm -hmm. a lot of men because it's a surprising amount of men. They want to be first. They don't even want to be the best. They just want to be first. And so they were there (laughs) first taking that kind of ownership. And it's like, I mean, that's cool. You're going to be first as well. Make it good. Right. It's, It's exactly what it is. It is. I don't. How do I say this very nicely? You don't have to be nice. I'm also trying. I'm trying to be respectful to the other people who may be listening to this, not to my people. <laughs> so, or your people who listen. <laughs> so I, I, I will say that there are a lot of traumatic things that as a people we have experienced generationally, mm-hmm. which could potentially cause some of these feelings. Um, and some of that generational trauma also is tied to the church and Christianity and the way that we are taught to live our lives. Mm-hmm. And the imperialistic ideal of our oppressors and our overlords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there, there are a lot of reasons that I have found black men say they don't want to share their woman as if, you know, they have some sort of like, they have like a little book and they put her in the pocketbook and they take her out whenever they want, like some <laughs> pocket pussy kind of vibes. There are a lot of reasons that they have said for that as someone who is not a black man, I cannot specifically say what those reasons may be. But what I can say is that I do not currently engage with men who believe in one penis policies Mm -hmm. and try to force people 
into those dynamics because it doesn't leave room for the agency of their other partners. Right. And that, that is, that is the nicest way that I can put it Yeah. with, you know, calling certain things out without actually being like, (laughs) you know, I'm just, that's how, that's how I can describe it. Mm -hmm. So I have done one penis policy before, and that was my choice. That was what I wanted. I only was attracted to one man, but to multiple women. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I wanted. And yes, I'm using one man to represent cisgender heterosexual men. Mm -hmm. Just to clarify, because, you know, people have penises, not only men. This is true. So I have chosen that route before because for me... I was only interested in one cisgender male partner. Mm -hmm. And so I made that choice at that time because it was right for me. Would I make that same choice now? Probably not. But also maybe yes, because I don't really do men like that. (laughs) So, I mean, I could have OPP with another penis holder maybe, Mm -hmm. and it would be a different environment, right? So I'm not writing it off completely, it's just not my ideal dynamic at the moment. And I don't, I don't judge people who choose that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I will always say your choices are your own. You can say and do whatever you like. Just the consequences always come. Exactly. Right? So if you decide that you only want to be with this one person, this one penis holder, and that is okay for you, then that's okay for you. I don't, I don't have a right to, to have any real opinions about that. That's, that's your business. Exactly. That, that's your pussy. Do whatever you want with it. Right. But when it comes from a toxic standpoint of men coercing mm-hmm. and enforcing this and threatening that this is the way it has to be and taking advantage of people and their agency then we have a problem. But I'm not going to judge 19-year-old me for wanting OPP because that's what worked for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's how I feel. How do you feel about OPP? You down with OPP? <laughs> me. I, um, I will say that when I came into the BDSM lifestyle, I was like, okay, you know, I have a daddy. You can only serve one God. This is my penis. And... I am not going to ha- accept any others, and I agreed to the OPP, and then we became long distance, and it was no longer working for me, but it was non-negotiable. So I stepped into it, you know, wanting it, and then when I, I didn't have the option to change my mind, and that probably weighed on me more than actually the one penis. You know, okay, I have local girlfriends. It's not that big of a problem, but the option for me to not be able to change my mind, you know, or that non-option is probably what weighed on me and made OPP just something I would never agree to again. And, yeah, it, you know, it was a traumatic thing in the, in the thing of having my choice taken away, you know, but I had agreed to, uh, I did agree to it, and it, it was non-negotiable. So it was something that if I wanted that dynamic to last, this is what I had to do. So that was that. But, you know, if if a OPP works for you and your tribe and that's what your relationships look like to you, go for it. But in that same sense, I don't agree with where it comes from 99% of the time. 
So it's not even, I wouldn't even rock with someone that would try to force an OPP on me or anyone else. So that's my thoughts on it. But Sir does not have an OPP, so, <laughs> so yeah, no problem. Exactly, <laughs> but, but like I said, that's the thing. Like there should be a re- a freedom to negotiate, right? Mm-hmm. Like it should never just be that you're locked into this forever. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, lifespan. Some of us are living until we're ninety five. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> if I get if I get married at twenty two, you're telling me that I'm supposed to be with the same person forever. Ever, ever for seventy three <laughs> years, <laughs> right? Suge Avery had even a. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that sounds traumatic. Okay, Hell so yeah. even if, if I said, even if you're not opening up romantically to other people, like, uh, you know, I don't like the term hall pass, but like throw a hall pass in there every once in a while, you know, just like give us a little, you know. A little something like once every, you know, 10 years, we get to go out there. We get to, you know, do whatever we got to do for a week and then we come back. And if we don't want to come back, then we know it's not for us anymore. You know what I mean? I just feel like we got to we got to really talk about that. <laughs> uh, so my mind is always crazy. And, you know, the. Uh, um, not the Quakers, but the um, oh, my God, they have the, the, the rum springer where when they turn a certain age, they go out into the world and then experience the world and then decide whether or not they want to come back to that that lifestyle. It's not the Quakers. It's not the Mennonites. It's one of those kind of groups. Are you going to send me the out? Amish. The, the Amish. The Amish, yes. Amish. Yes, yes, thank you. Are you going to send me out? No. <laughs> Let me be for the streets. <laughs> See if I want to come back. <laughs> so another myth that I just wanted to dispel tonight uh, people seem to think that a person has to be insecure to want to share their partners. How do you guys feel about that? No. <laughs> For me, it's polar opposite. I had to become secure enough in myself, in my dynamics, my relationships, to be able to open those boundaries and allow, you know, my partners to experience other partners in other relationships, you know, parallel or, you know, other than ours. Um, for me, it, it takes, it takes a lot of self work, a lot of shadow work for me to constantly wake up and choose, you know, the lifestyle I've chosen. It, it insecurity plays a huge part in polyamory, but it's usually a negative connotation to it. Um, I think that we are some of the most secure people in ourselves and our dynamics and relationships because they wouldn't, they would not work without that sense of security in self and your dynamic. So I think that it is polar opposite of what some people seem to think. Yeah. I think for me, it, it all goes back to choice. You know, if you have made the choice to to live a polyamorous lifestyle, then a like you say, you've done the work to 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 be able to do that. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> but even if you decide like, hey, you know what, polyamory isn't for me. Long as you voice that opinion to your partner or your partners, like, look, you know what, this lifestyle isn't for me. You know, I, I I'm deep down in my heart heart of hearts, I'm monogamous, and I'm going to live that way, and it's. 
that's your choice. Let's, you know, embrace people's choices and celebrate their choices and, and not blame it on insecurities or something out of their control. Because mm-hmm. in the end, it's all about what you can do. You know, I can't control how you react. I can only control how I react. And in and if there's a situation where, you know, I'm uncomfortable with XYZ being with ABC, then I can only control me. And then at that point, I can either choose to step away from it or find a way to be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm insecure, right? I think all of us have our own individual insecurities. It's not something that it's, it's, just, this is real life, right? You know, the world, the world is not made for everyone. And so there are things that you will always be insecure about, whether it's women in the magazines and their bodies, or, you know, you want to be as cool as some other person that you've met, but you're not that cool, quote unquote, because of whatever. I mean, insecurities exist. It really is, like you said, about how we navigate those insecurities and how they show up in our relationships and what we deal with surrounding them. So I... I'm not insecure about this, but I'm just going to tell you about my brat moment, right? I'm, I'm a brat. So like, <laughs> I don't like when my best friends are friends with other people. That's rude. Like, why would you do that? What, is, what are you going to do with them that you can't do with me? Yes, I know I live across the country from you, but that's besides the point. Why are you, you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I don't feel that way about my romantic partners just because I... <laughs> My mind doesn't work that way, right? <laughs> so I, I have different, I would say, quote, unquote, insecurities around certain things. And there are mm-hmm. the things that, like, I'm, I'm truly insecure about that I have to, like, deep reflection about. And so when certain situations pop up in my romantic relationships, I'll be like, wait a minute. This is pressing on a button. What, what button is this? Why is it pressing on this button? Right, right. How do I do it? Because I cannot control someone else's behavior. Like you said, I can't control what someone else thinks, what someone else does boundaries are for myself. So if someone does something that pushes against my boundaries, I have to be the one to take a step back and be like, well, this is my boundary. I can tell you this is my boundary and I'd appreciate if you didn't push this boundary. And if they do it again, that means I have to be the one to control that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause I can't be like, Oh, it's your job to do this. It, it would be respectful of you to do this. It'd be nice right. of you to do this, but, but ultimately it, it's up to me. And so if I say, hey, I don't want to talk about cats. If you talk about cats, I'm going to leave the room. You talk about cats the first time, I've told you my boundary. You talk about cats the second time, I'm going to have to leave the room because that's how I enforce that boundary. If I say I'm going to do something, I got to do it. Mm-hmm. Something we can talk about where you're like, well, I don't understand why you don't want to talk about cats. And I'm like, okay. It, it doesn't really matter. If you right, it doesn't matter. Not. Like, I, I don't like it. I can't like I it. I don't like it. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Again, very simple explanation. But if I decide to disclose to you the reasons why I don't want to talk about cats, maybe my cat died when I was a kid. It was very traumatizing. Cats make me super emotional, right? If I'm opening myself up to you, opening up that vulnerability, that soft space to you, I have to trust that you are going to hold that soft space with care. Mm -hmm. I have to trust that you're going to treat my heart the way you want your heart treated. 
And if you don't, I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> sorry. Well, they might like that. I'm sorry. I'm not, <laughs> they might like that. Right? I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. But you know what I'm saying? Like the, there's always an element of risk mm-hmm. in relationships, even in monogamous relationships. Like look at how many people got together and were like living together and like married, having their whole lives in this pandemic. And they realized I actually hate the person I am married to. Mm. This bitch is hella fucking annoying. <laughs> I don't want to be with this person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sometimes it don't take a pandemic to do that. <laughs> right? Sometimes it doesn't. But it's just like there's so many layers to this. And I think that our insecurities are our own. It's our responsibility to work through them. And we can disclose them to the people that we love so that they are aware. Mm-hmm. And they can assist us where possible to go through that. But I am not insecure. And that's what makes me polyamorous. I just happen to be an insecure polyamorous person. Exactly. <laughs> I think also kind of along those lines, you know, people think that, oh, polyamorous people don't get jealous or envious. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it happens, you know, but how you choose to express that, if you do it healthy, that's one way, the good way, hopefully. But if you try to like, you know, stab someone, <laughs> That might not be the best thing to do. Let's, you know, let's address it before we pull out knives. Exactly. And, and like smack understanding stage. your own why. <laughs> Listen, I thought we weren't talking about that. No, we're not. We're not. Uh-huh. We're not. Uh-huh. We're talking about it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we told you we weren't talking about we're not, that. We're not going <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> but like you said, just understanding your own whys. So if I'm jealous of the situation, what is it that's making me jealous? Is it that I want more time with you and you're spending time with someone else? Is it that I feel ignored? What is it? Because sometimes it's not even about something that the other person is doing. Sometimes it's just your own head, like mm-hmm. fighting against you. Yes. Like, and that'd be wild. Like, I you gotta there. really think about what's coming <laughs> from with that. Like, but, listen, when you got a dream that your man is doing something he's not supposed to do, and you wake up and you smack him in the throat, mm-hmm. like you just karate chop him in the oh throat. Oh my God. How like, many times? <laughs> what? Listen, that that don't be dreams. That be the universe speaking to me. <laughs> Listen, your ancestors told you it was coming. Exactly, you know, exactly. <laughs> you can't just be dumb to it all. You have to listen sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, so are there any other things that we haven't touched on that you guys feel are big in our community? Hmm. How radical I'm allowed to get here. Oh, as radical as you want. You go for it. You about okay. to burn a house down? Let's, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably about to burn. I'm about to burn some houses down. <laughs> and I've had a lot of conversations about this with multiple people just across the board. But I personally don't date light colored people. You know, I don't date mm-hmm. palm colored folks. I don't date them. Right. I don't have issues with my partners dating them because that's your business. Y'all can do whatever y'all want to do. You know, I keep my relationships parallel for the most part. I'm not doing anything KTP at the moment, but I break KTP down for, for, for those oh, who might kitchen know. table polyamory. Gotcha. Yes. Kitchen table polyamory. So I'm not doing that right now. Parallel. So our relationships do not over, they don't overlap. Right. I may know who they are. You know, if something really serious is happening, I may have their phone number in case there's an emergency. But like, I'm not trying to be besties with my metas. That's not my vibe, right? I got enough friends. If they're cool, you know, it may already be a thing, but probably not if they're white. (laughs) Just being super honest. And I'm being honest about that. And it's not anything against 
specific white people, because one would assume if someone is dating a white person that they vetted them carefully right before they introduced them to the polycule. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case. And there's only so much vetting you can do of your individual person, right? Because if you haven't spent time with their friends or their family, there's still other elements of toxicity Mm -hmm. of the racist environment that may come through. So I personally don't date white folks. If you check white on the census, I don't date you. And that's my personal choice. And I say that very clearly because there are people who are like, oh, I'm not white, I'm Mexican. <laughs> but there's an option for white Latino. Exactly. If you check the white, the, check the white then no. Um, <laughs> and so there are people who, like me, don't date white folk, but don't encourage or don't dislike other partners who date white folk. There are people who almost exclusively date white people. Mm-hmm. There are people who just have a, a healthy mix here and there. And then there are others who, um, there's how, okay, I'm going to be nice. (laughs) If you have a hard boundary about dating people who are white and that your partners also should not be dating other white people and you deliberately seek out partners who are like that, great. But I don't think we need to be at odds about that because you're dating your community right you're dating who you want to date if i only want to date melanated people that's my business yep if i only want partners who date melanated people that's also my business and their business Mm -hmm. and so i think that when we have spaces that are specifically for black and brown folks then you really shouldn't be inviting your white partners into those spaces. I'm sorry. Mm. So yes, you may be, you know, you may be a black person, but if it's a black polyamory meetup and you bring Becky with the quote unquote good hair (laughs) to the black polyam meetup, I'm going to ask you to leave Mm -hmm. because you have now invalidated the safety of this space for other people. It's not that radical, but I just feel like I had to say that because it's been popping up a lot recently. It's like, oh, when I ask for guests to come on Monogamous Pod, they're like, oh, well, um, why, why don't you want to have me on? Like, I'm like, okay, do you have any POC partners? Well, you know, my partner is like 116th Italian <laughs> and like I'm, 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 you know, Argentinian and I'm like, are you Afro-Argentinian? Like, why are you telling me these things? Right. Like, let's be specific here. If I say I am looking for black Native American people to talk about triads, for example, mm-hmm. and you message me like, I'm in a triad. Okay. Um, what may I ask what your ethnicities are, what your races are? Like, let's talk about this. Oh yes. Well, you know, like I am, I am Argentinian and I'm this, you know, white girl, mm-hmm. redheaded here. And my partner is one sixteenth Italian, slightly darker, still white. And my other partner is this other thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so are they, are any of you, any of the things <laughs> I asked for? It just feels like violence to me. It just It just feels violent. If I specifically say this is a space for X and you're coming in with Y, Z, A, B, C, this is not what I asked for. This is not what I want. And when I enforce those boundaries, they're looking at me like I'm a horrible person. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to create a podcast, a safe space for melanated people of color. Right. So, you know, and even, even, you know, 
I have, you know, Chinese people on the podcast. I have Native American. I have lots of people on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But my hard rule is that you cannot check white on your census. Right. You know, it's funny. That's my hard rule. uh, My um, prior, he only dated white people. And then I was the token. (laughs) I felt like the token black because, I I mean, as long as I knew him. 13, 14 years, I had only known him to date one other black girl other than me. And we would often go into black spaces with his other partners. And I'm like, well, why are we going? And it got to a point where I got used to it. And I was very, um, I was very desensitized uh, uh, with white people in black spaces because I had one of those partners who would bring these white people into black and POC spaces. And it's funny because it doesn't even bother me anymore. It's like, I'm so used to them being entitled to everything that when they're in my space, it just, I don't think about it, you know, but I often uh, go to play parties. Well, I used to go to play parties in the Boston area all the time and was literally one of the only two black people and was made to feel uncomfortable because every space is a white space unless it's, clarify to be other um at least that's how I feel anyway and it's crazy how or how comfortable they are in our spaces and how they make us feel uncomfortable in their spaces and they don't understand why they can't come yeah, <laughs> you sure. know let's not make them the default let's not make them the default that's what I'm trying to do I'm not trying to make whiteness the default in my mm-hmm. life anymore mm-hmm. right so if I say I'm going to something assume it's black people Assume it's some black people shit. I will tell you if I, there's going to be white people there. Mm-hmm. That That's what I'm trying to shift the narrative to be because that's the problem. We are just so used to perceiving whiteness as a default mm-hmm. that we are just made to feel uncomfortable sometimes in our own spots. I'm not trying to do that. Listen, so when I say the podcast about non-monogamy and polyamorous through a black Caribbean lens, the black is capitalized, <laughs> bolded, <laughs> underlined. Emphasis on all that. That is my priority. Right. And it's so crazy because I don't feel uncomfortable around them anymore, even if they're in our spaces. You know, it's just my baseline. So I, even our, even though our podcast is through the POC viewpoint, I think we've had, what, two white people? Not just one. A one? One? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, Nikki. Well, but. So her she, husband. Uh, her husband was black, <laughs> but she was white. <laughs> And so she got black in her now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because, you know, I don't even think about it anymore, but there are people that are still uncomfortable by their presence. And, and, you know, if, if, and when we start to curate events, you know, that's something we got to be mindful of. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause we, like we said, our podcast, like I said, is for, from a, a people of color perspective. And we want to show to like, you know, hey, yes, you like latex. It's okay to like latex. Other <laughs> POC people like latex. You like pet play? Hey, other POC like pet play. You just might be the only one if at, in your area, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> know that countrywide mm-hmm. there's there are other people like you. Exactly. So this has been so fun. I want to thank you again for coming on. Your expertise was amazing. I hope this reaches lots of people and everyone can 
Also, uh, can you send me your socials so I can put them in the description down below? Because I'm sure people will want to hear more of the wonderful things you have to say about all the, what, what did we call it? Non-safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the accent is just you know, I know it's so dope. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know I'm trying hard to focus. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want to let the people know before we get out of here? Um, no, just that you know I'm pretty. You should just give me money for being pretty. That's probably it. She is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she is. Daddy, you got anything for the people? Um, do this. Do the work. Do the self work. That's it. Mm-hmm. You just gonna leave it at that? That's hey. Okay. Enough for me. <laughs> Until <laughs> next time. Bye. You've been listening to Not Another Kinky Cast. If you want to hit us up, we can be reached at info at kinkycast.com com or www.kinkycast.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.